The James Webb Space Telescope makes the universe more visible than ever to mankind. Learn how viewing the universe can help you understand your incredible potential and marvelous future. Next, on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. I have a quote from our August 31st, 2023 news report. And here's the quote. James Webb photographs one of the universe's most photogenic galaxies. And you have there on the left, as we'll give you this picture, the James Webb Space Telescope on the left, and then the the, uh, Hubble Telescope on the right, the picture from both of those telescopes. And we're comparing, of course, the James Webb one with the Hubble, and you can see a, a gigantic difference between the two. And here's another closer up, the James Webb Space Telescope number two compared to the Hubble telescope. And you can see even more detail in this startling, wonderful picture of the universe. Now, I wrote an article some time ago about how the heavens prophesy. The universe is broadcasting an inspiring message. What is it saying? On December 25, 2021, NASA launched the James Webb Space Telescope, probably the most advanced scientific instrument in history. Thirty days later, it parked itself a million miles from Earth and has begun recording the most advanced images of deep space we have ever seen. A little further down in 2004, the Hubble telescope showed that the universe contains somewhere on the scale of 120 billion galaxies, but now the James Webb telescope has uh, excelled that by a large margin. Professor Marcia Reiki said, not only will the uh, James Webb Space Telescope have close to 100 times Hubble resolution, but it will see exoplanets far more clearly against the background of their host stars. I want to discuss with you today the James Webb Telescope and your potential. And your potential. Notice what it says in Psalm 19 and verse 1. This is millenniums ago, actually, when David looked up into the night sky and he was moved by what it reveals. And here's what he said, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Here he's saying, from just looking up and studying the universe, that it declares God's glory. It it declares it. And the uh, glory and the handiwork is right there for you to see. Everybody can see it. And it's something we ought to really be looking at closely. And I believe God has a hand in giving us this picture to show us our own potential that is truly inspiring, like nothing else, perhaps, you could even imagine. David said in Psalm 19, the heavens do uh, truly reveal God. And that's what we are talking about today. Verse 2 of chapter 19 says, Day unto day utters speech. It utters speech. And night unto night shows knowledge. You can go right out there tonight and you can see the knowledge. 
You can understand the knowledge here. It's, it's declaring something. And notice this amazing statement. The Hebrew for utters is naba, which means to pour out or send forth. One translation says, day after day it prophesies. Now, that's a fascinating word. Day after day that universe prophesies. Well, now that may seem a little bit exaggerated to some people, but let's look at the rest of the story. What kind of prophecy are we talking about, and what does it mean to you? It's about you. It's about all of us, every man who's ever lived on this earth. Isaiah 40, verses 25 and 26. To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, behold who has created these things. Behold who has created these things, that brings out their hosts by number, and he called them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one fails. See, man, Worships the creation, God, but God wants him, man, to focus on the creator of that universe. That's what's inspiring. That's what really gives mankind hope, and the only hope there is. We need to understand this. God's own people today are lukewarm about that and have turned away from God. But God says, now you lift up your eyes. <laughs> lift up your eyes and take a look at this from God's perspective and from man's perspective, if it's the same as God's. But there's a lot here to uh, understand. Romans 1 and verse 18, I'll just paraphrase that part of it. It says, men who hold this should read suppressed, or men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And there are times when men do that. They suppress truth. Scientists do it. All men have done it and have to repent of all that as, as time goes on. That is the human nature that we have that we have to overcome. Verse 19 says, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. He has showed it unto them, even as far back as Abraham, who gave us a lot about astronomy, if you understand his history. And we need to notice what these great men have done, he says, God has showed all this to us, and the, certainly the James Webb Telescope shows more of it than man has ever seen, and it is just monumentally impressive. We really need to understand what is happening here, and what does this mean for you personally, You're in your potential. It is about that. That's what your Bible says in many scriptures. But most men don't believe that. 
Notice Psalm 147 and verse 4. It says, God has all the stars and celestial bodies not only numbered, but even named. Here's Job. He was also an astronomer. And notice what is happening with Job. Job knew some of those names. He said, God has the power to command the sun to stop rising if he so desires. Job 9 and verse 7. And then he goes on to say, which alone spreads out the heavens, which makes Arcturus, Orion, and Pleiades, and the chambers of the south. These are names of stars or constellations of stars. And this is what Job understood, and that he had names to some of those stars. God names every one of them. He's just giving Job a few of them. He had to reveal that to Job. How else could he have known? Those are names God gave to those stars. God had to reveal that. And so he, he's uh, tying Job and every one of us, you and all of us, each one of us, to the universe. And what an inspiring potential that is for mankind. Many, many billions of stars. I wrote this some time ago. He has given us some of those names to help us set our minds on the universe in a practical way. He is trying to get you to understand your true potential, which extends far beyond Earth. See, Job had to be somewhat of a, an astronomer. But where the big mistake Job made was he had these great buildings and projects that he had built himself, and they were really, really impressive on this earth. But then he was very self-righteous about it and was thinking only about his projects, and he even compared himself to God in building. And so God thought, well, he had to deal with Job, and so he made Job come and see what the universe was all about and how he built it. And then Job began to be very embarrassed. There's no comparison to what we can build, to what God has built in that universe. And that's not to even mention the most important part he's building is man's own potential, that incredible human potential. That's what it's all about. Job 38, verses 31 and 32. God says this to Job, Can you bind the sweet influences of Pleiades, or loose the bands of Orion? Can you bring forth Maseroth in his season, or can you guide Arcturus with his sons? Can you realize what this is all about, Job? When, and, and what I know, and, and I created all of these brilliant stars and constellations of stars, how does this compare with what you're building and have built? That's what he was trying to get across to Job and uh, make him see what God had really built. And there, there's other things God has built much, <laughs> that are much more uh, impressive and perfect, like the, His own law. It's, a, it's more uh, perfect than the creation of the universe. But he made 
God made Job see, well, do you have any power over galaxies as I do? Do you have any power over all of these billions of stars like I do? Can you see and understand how how absolutely breathtaking my creation is? Let's go on down to Job 38 and verse 32 again. We'll get on down to Maseroth, where it renders something very mysterious. One translation renders it twelve signs of the zodiac, but it's not the zodiac at all. The King James margin says the twelve signs. Well, what what would you think the twelve signs would be about out there in the universe? Well, it surely would have something to do with the twelve tribes of Israel. God is working with Israel today, and everybody who comes into God's truth today is an Israelite, whether he's a Gentile or whatever. <laughs> he is he is a an Israelite. He's a member of Israel. And all mankind is going to become Israel. That's what spiritual Israel is about even today, the Church of God, the true Church of God. But here God was telling Job, say, look, I'm not trying to humiliate you. I'm trying to educate you. You don't, you're all wrapped up in yourself. And finally, God brought Job to the point where he said, I abhor myself and my vanity and my ignorance. And he really did repent for the first time, really understood God for the first time. And that was the greatest blessing he could have ever received. See, our righteousness is as filthy rags, God says. There is a an author by the name of Bullinger, this author said that if you look at some of the corruptions of God's revelation, like the twelve tribes, see, again, when God has those significant numbers there and about the twelve tribes of Israel, well, what would that be really about? See, it's not about the twelve signs of zodiacs, it's about the twelve signs of Israel. What else could it be? Because that's what it talks about throughout the Bible. God is bringing everybody into Israel if they want it. But what about Abraham? According to the Babylonian historian Barassus, Abraham was a man righteous and great and skillful in the celestial science. I should say he was. Here's what Josephus said about him, that he was a great astronomer and mathematician, and he analyzed, quote, phenomena that were visible both at hand and sea, as well as those that happened to the sun and the moon and all the heavenly bodies. In Amos 5 and verse 8, the prophet Amos spoke of the seven stars, Pleiades and Orion. Well, that's about the seven stars. Seven is a number of completion in God's plan. He has the complete plan right there in his mind. So, uh, well, you can see in Genesis 39 where Joseph talked about my, the eleven sons, 
and uh, they were his brothers, and he was the twelfth one. So that's that's a part of prophecy, and we un- should understand that. And it's all explained in the United States and Britain in prophecy. And we'll send you that book if you don't have it. And all of our literature is absolutely free. Josephus also wrote that astronomy was at one time something revealed from God. At one time it was revealed by God. It should be that way today. That's in the Antiquities of the Jews, book 1.3.9. That's something that we need to understand. You see, there was a time when they just, most of humanity looked upon that as being, well, what God reveals. We need this understanding. Sometimes they will take this great system of Abraham, and when you see some things that Abraham has said and done, they'll usually only take a little fragment of a great system that he had, just a little fragment. So you just get fragments. You don't get what Abraham actually did do, according to Josephus, who would certainly be the best historian to give his his view of that. And uh, and some inspiring truth, to say the least. Let's go back to Psalm 19 and verse 3 and 4. It says, There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Those heavens, they have a voice, and it needs to be heard. It needs to be heard by you and me and all of us. If we have any hope at all, it lies there. It really does. The heavens are delivering their message. They have a message for us, something that we all need to hear and be inspired by. It's Life is not meaningful without this. It has no purpose. It's, it's inspiring to see this great universe, but oh, if you could just see behind it the Creator of it, the Father and the Son, then you've really got something to be excited about and uh, something that should make you faint. (laughs) It's that awesome. The whole world should hear that message of God's. This is about man's place in the universe. It is there for man. And God is going to let man rule over every bit of it after He rules this earth. That has to be done first. Verse 4 through 6, here's what that 19th Psalm says, In them He has set a tabernacle for the Son, S-U-N, which is as a bridegroom coming out of the chamber, and rejoices as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and His circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. You can't escape the heat of the sun. God is likening that to Himself. Notice Malachi 4 and verse 2. But unto you that fear My name shall the Son, S-U-N, of righteousness arise with healing in His wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Well, how about that? God is called the Son, S-U-N, of righteousness. He's like the Son. He's going to have 
His message going out to all mankind in the millennium and and, uh, throughout the uh, universe and eternity. He's going to do that. It's all about prophecy. It's all about what God is telling us. The Son of Righteousness is about to fill the earth. We are not headed into dark ages. This is all going to happen. There's going to be sun throughout the whole world, and it's very, very near to happening right now. And we need to understand that, and you can prove it. The sun is about to come out and fill the earth with righteousness of God. Just like that heat reaches us today, that righteousness is going to reach everybody in just a few short years. And I think amazingly short. The sun is about to come out and fill the earth with the righteousness of God. That is a prophecy you can see in the heavens every day. The whole world is about to see this prophecy fulfilled. And he has healing in his wings. He, he does healing to this whole earth. And he heals people physically and he heals the whole earth that is so corrupt and devastated today. This is coming very, very quickly. Nothing can escape the heat of the sun, and nothing is going to escape God's righteousness in in the millennium. Nothing except people who just rebel against it, and God will allow it, but they are going to die forever. Notice what it says, Isaiah 45, verse 18, He created it not in vain, He formed it to be inhabited. He's talking about creating the heavens, to be inhabited. Well, that's that's nice. And in uh, Isaiah 51, it says uh, that I may plant the heavens. He's going to plant them. God's going to make the desert blossom like the rose. But notice Romans 8, this inspiring Scripture here. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of Him who subjected it in hope because the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay, what you see out in the universe now, and obtain the glorious liberty of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in travail together until now. And he says, goes on to say, we're all groaning, waiting for God to come and bring this earth and this universe freedom and take away all the decay and the bondage. Oh, if you go on and read uh, verses 23 and 24, you will see that God is saying that we just groan ourselves waiting for this, because this is such a corrupt, evil, violent world. God can't wait for this to happen. And we should be the same way, I'm telling you. If you look at what God says, He says, this is the only hope in this world. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request The Incredible Human Potential, How the Heavens Prophesy, Where the Web Telescope is Pointing, and Lift Up Your Eyes on High. Order now.
The preceding program was a paid presentation of the Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.